Hello and welcome to Frank Fryer Friday. This is Father Patrick Bykowskis broadcasting from St. Dominic Prior in St. Louis, Missouri. And I am going to begin with a prayer from my somewhat anonymous sender. Dear God, I want the world to see me as strong, organized, generous, and brave. And sometimes I am none of these things. You know me inside and out, and I don't need to pretend with you. I don't need to hide the mess when you come to visit. I don't need to pretend my life is flawless or my faith is perfect. With you, I can be my messy, flawed, and vulnerable self. You know everything about me, and you love me anyway. Thank you for reminding me. Amen. That certainly reminds me of a talk I have done uh, several times about how we are all called to share the good news of Jesus Christ with one another. And uh, sometimes it can be a little messy, but maybe that's the best way to recognize that in our messy lives, God directs us on the right path. I'm going to be reflecting on this Sunday's reading, as I have done from time to time. And it's, I hope, a familiar parable to you all. Jesus went to dine at the home of one of the leading Pharisees, and the people here were observing him carefully. He told a parable to those who had been invited, noticing how they were choosing the places of honor at the table. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not recline at table in the place of honor. A more distinguished guest than you may have been invited by him, and the host who invited both of you may approach you and say, Give your place to this man. And then you would proceed with embarrassment to take the lowest place. Rather, when you are invited, go and take the lowest place, so that when the host comes to you, he may say, My friend, move up to the higher position. Then you will enjoy the esteem of your companions at the table. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Then he said to the host who invited him, When you hold a lunch or dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your wealthy neighbors in case they may invite you back and you have repayment. Rather, when you hold a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. As I begin this reflection today, I want you, some, some of you, I know weren't even born in 1963. Uh, I know a great many of you are not, but I was, and for me, Songs and movies really helped to put me right back in the moment. So for those of us who do remember the summer of 1963, do you remember this song? Pardon my singing. I don't know if I've properly warmed up. Hello, mother. Hello, father. Remember that song? Or the answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. Nice song. Movies, The Son of Flubber, not uh, a real 
a, a real uh, stellar sort of movie, but fun for kids especially. The Birds, that was scary. And the number one movie at the box office, I'll give you a little hint, Elizabeth Taylor, Richard Burton. It was Cleopatra, which really bombed with the critics, but was a, a, a sensational movie to see visually. Vietnam was on people's radars, of course, but not as a concept. For millions of Americans, Vietnam was more of a mystery. It was a little place that was far away where strangers were fighting over something, and we weren't even sure what it was. Well, I remember exactly where I was. The summer of 1963, I didn't have any real responsibilities yet. I was mowing the lawn for some neighbor for a dollar for her yard, which had all kinds of bramble bushes in it. I was improving my catching and throwing in Little League because I was a catcher. I did a lot better than I did last week at the Lafayette Celebrity Softball match. But it was fun. Thanks to Rod Brennan for putting that on. Back when we didn't, that was back when we didn't return to school until after Labor Day. Wow. So summer was long. I don't like what they do now. It seems like the beginning of August and the children are getting ready or their parents are. Well, not us, not them. The summer was meant to enjoy. Of course, as a child, we didn't and I didn't understand racial tensions. I didn't, that's for sure. I grew up with black children as my only playmates outside of my brothers and a, a few cousins. In the town where I spent the first years of my life, which is now called Ford Heights, we were the minority by a long shot, but it didn't feel like it. Everyone seemed to get along. There were tensions in our country, but as an 11 year old, I did not wholly understand them until late in the summer. I saw something on television that became almost as seared in my memory as the events that took place a few months later in November of 1963. I had heard about a young black man. He was only 34 years old that year, but I'm not sure I had seen him yet on television, but he spoke to a huge crowd of people in the front of the Lincoln Memorial. My family had just traveled there the summer before. So I watched him speak live. Those words some of us may have remembered, on, and maybe today, or now Sunday, uh, because it's the anniversary of an historic speech that would be called, I Have a Dream. It was, it was what, 59 years ago this Sunday. Dr. Dream, Dr. Dream, <laughs> Dr. King had a dream for our country that has yet to be fully realized, although we have come a long way, we still have far to go. And the reasons that have hindered our progress have a lot to do with the parable that Jesus preaches about today, our pride. We get in so much trouble when we fail to recognize the source of all that we have and fail to recognize how in our capacity to be humble before our God and his will for us, we can bring ourselves to calamity after calamity. I fear we are moving towards intense confrontations. I fear we are doing harm to innocence. I fear that the reason we are moving as we are is because we are often too proud to say we have made a mistake. And so we suffer the consequences of that lack of humility and worse. Others suffer as well. 
Martin Luther King told us, we must forever conduct our struggle on the high plane of dignity and discipline. We must not allow our creative protest to degenerate into physical violence. Again and again, we must rise to the majestic heights of meeting physical force with soul force. Wow. On that day, 59 years ago, he said, when we allow freedom to ring, when we let it ring from every city and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last. Great God Almighty, we are free at last. That's the end of that quote. We hold on to an idea that the best way to ensure our freedom and others is with an automatic weapon instead of the message of Jesus Christ. Dr. King was calling us to give our love our talents, our skills, our strength, and perhaps even our very lives to the tasks of ending hunger and fear and war, and to find in such works the roots of peace, the roots of our humanity, the presence of God. Also on Sunday, we celebrate the Feast of St. Augustine. That saint said, it was pride that changed angels into devils. It is humility that makes men as angels. What course will we take? Maybe the number one song of 1963 is what we hearing, is what we hear us telling Jesus and one another. This was sung by the Essex. My friends all tell me, go to him, run to him, say sweet, lovely things to him, and tell him he's the one. Deep in my heart, I know it, but it's so hard to show it, because it's easier, easier said than done. Amen. See you next time. God bless you all. Have a wonderful week.